My God, folks, we're back. Um, we are around, what are we at, 15 hours, 16 hours, so like, away from, uh, removed from, I should say, Revolution. Oh, I finished the show about 40 minutes ago. Um, fired up, lots to talk about. I wasn't going to do this today. My intention was to just do uh, to do out the famed WrestlePurist Worldwide program. But the show ended, and I was like, I got like an hour and a half to wait. I may as well just go live on the LNG uh, Twitch gimmick and hang out with the people and talk grabs because, man, that was that was something else, wasn't it? I mean, seriously, that was something else. Um, I never had any doubt that Revolution would be a good show. You know, my hype was not the highest for it by any means, but I never had any doubt it would be a good show. Very good show, even. I got to admit, I did not see that coming. Um, it may well have been their best pay-per-view ever, like legitimately. All Out 2021 will always be like kind of different to any other show you could possibly produce, right, with the way it ended. I mean, it ended with like one of the most kind of triumphant um, double hits in terms of moments ever. It will be very hard to top in that regard. But in terms of quality, this felt like their best show ever. Um, I mean, there was any match on the show that was anything close to bad. There was one that was like kind of missed on its objective slightly, which we'll we'll talk about briefly. I don't want to dwell on it because there was a lot to talk about on a positive uh, on a positive front. So, um, lots to get into. Again, this is not going to have any format, folks. I wasn't even going to do this. I didn't have my phone during the uh, the show, so I don't have any notes or anything. This is not going to be a formal review. It will probably be a fucking mess. In fact, if you're listening, I apologize in advance. Going to basically just be responding to questions and you know talking graps as we do here. I mean. It's going to be specific to Revolution because that's what everyone's obviously talking about because that was uh, no notes, Chris. I'm not like you, pal. I'm not a pro. Um, much, much to talk about. All right. Quickly before we do so, we have some business to handle. Shout out to everyone who's in here. Um, Big Franco, one of the greats in our in our Discord community, um, cheered 245 bits and said fleet flying higher indeed thank you franco we appreciate you pal bad company bill resubscribed prime and said pop pops on my own pal nine months with us way too long but we respect it nonetheless lord lambo resubscribed been with us to 10 months my god some one-upmanship in the chat he says what an amazing show last night mox and hangman ruled and mjf prime was one of the greatest AEW matches danielson doing the yes chance in overtime and be think he'd win mjf could be an all-timer when he hangs it up let's start there Let's start there. That feels like the logical place to kind of lead this conversation. Um, listen, folks, I'm going to lead this program with an apology. Hands up, all right? If you have followed my coverage of the Maxwell Jacob Friedman, you've seen the ups and the downs of my relationship with him as a fan in some, in some times, you know. But generally, and I'm saying this to give myself an out, but I will apologize nonetheless. You'll notice generally I have that caveat of like, but he's got it in him, you know? He's got it in him. It's there. I see it. I am both apologizing to Maxwell Jacob Friedman, but more importantly to Jack Crosby. Um, generational talent is a shoot, I've concluded, based on what I saw last night at the Revolution pay-per-view event. Um, I mean... 60-minute Iron Man matches, this can't be overstated, folks. I mean, they are borderline impossible to now. You know, you can have a really good 60-minute Iron Man match, but almost always those matches are lesser 
uh, for being six minute Ironmans. This is one of the only examples, maybe the only example I'm being honest, I can think of of a 60 minute Ironman match that didn't feel hampered by that to me at all. Um, in fact, it was greatly enhanced by it. They did an incredible job with this. And I'm, I'm focusing on Max because he's, you know, Brian is Brian. He's probably the best wrestler ever lived. So, I mean, what are you going to do? But MJF was incredible here. I mean, the flair cosplay elements that I sometimes roll my eyes at. Listen, man, for one night, he he came pretty fucking close to being the guy. You know I mean? He was special last night. Um, and I'm not surprised that it was great. You know, I, I thought it would be very, very good. I didn't know it would be, I didn't think it'd be that good. It's one of the best matches in promotional history as, um, uh, Lambo who just subscribed there, they said, um, but it was, it was way better than I thought it'd be. And I thought it'd be very, very good. Cause again, that match is just hard to do. And especially after a show that was the quality of this one, I mean, the crowd had every right to be tired and they certainly at times, you know, were sitting and just watching it, which is the way it's going to be. You're not going to have them rocking the whole time. But by the end of it, I mean, they told such a great story. Um, and, you know, it reminded me of that kind of simple... Ricky Steamboat always talks about how, like, if guys ask him for, you know, advice or whatever, young guys for a match, he's, his core, uh, you know, kind of belief in wrestling is pick a body part each and sell it. And in fear of oversimplifying what they did, that was, like, the core identity of this match, right? That was the ingredients, the raw ingredients of this match. Max loves selling his knee. He, it's like he, he does it in every match. But he ramped it up here and he had Brian working over it. Brian's selling of the arm is like extraordinary. Everything he does, it's present. That injury is there. You can it's evident the whole time. Um the physicality, the, obviously the the grit and just I thought the way they worked the match really put over the Iron Man element. In the sense that while there was some stalling, it was done to actually put that over. You know, it was done to like capture the idea that what they're doing here should be impossible. What are these guys made of? And they walked the line, I thought, really well in terms of portraying MJF as a guy capable and a guy who surprised Brian and how well he could wrestle. But he still is a piece of shit and he still cheated for a lot of his success in the match. You know, I thought they walked that line pretty admirably. Um, again, I mean, I I will always have my frustrations with Max. Is like the way he cuts some of his promo content I find to be frustrating. I don't always love his instincts, but I think he's like 25 or 26 years old. And he just had that match. I mean, that's pretty damn special. I think I think you kind of have to have faith in uh in the picture he's generally painting, even when sometimes you have to kind of squint to see where the fuck he's got it from. But 26 years old to have that match. And again, Brian Danielson, everyone knows the deal with him. But this was not a one-man show. This was not a carry job or anything close to it. This was like a special pro wrestling match um i really think it may be the best singles match in AEW history i say singles because there's a couple bucks tags that are very hard to beat both the hangman omega one and the lucha bros one uh, in the cage that is but singles matches this feels like a, a leading candidate to be number one for me i mean it certainly feels like the best AEW pay-per-view main event ever right Chat, am I, am I missing an obvious one there? It feels like it has to be. Um, absolutely spectacular performance from, from both men. I mean, just astonishing match. Like, genuinely a masterpiece. Uh, that match will be timeless. Um, it will definitely be saying that, that I think, hopefully, if MJF can continue on the general trajectory of his career, um, I think... 
this feels like kind of match people are going to look back on and point to as like a significant moment in that development, you know? In terms of, I mean, I think people kind of knew um, how good he was in ring. Like, you guys have even heard us talk about on these shows. Like, even when we get mad at his parents, we all agree how good he is as a wrestler. But, but this felt like an, a kind of statement in terms of, you know, he's not a guy who's just very, very good. He, he's great, right? Inside those ropes, he's great. And he's very much deserving to be a world champion. Um, Brian, that piece of shit, he made me believe a couple of times in that match, man. A couple of times he got me. That psycho knee deal in the uh, in the overtime when Max had the ring on, that was that was something else. Um, incredible falls finish. So, again, folks, I ain't got no notes. I'm just talking here, but that was... Uh, an exceptional close to the show. I'm intrigued to see kind of how they, uh, where they move next with MJF. I mean, Brian, I think we can all kind of see where the combat club are going. I think they're going to be, become real pieces of shit here shortly. If so, and if this was Brian's kind of, for now anyway, you know, swan song as a baby face, I mean, he certainly delivered on that front as he always does. Some of the selling late, the fire up late where Max started playing with his food in the last act, the last third. The uh, the work on the outside, he had kind of had control of the match at last, and and Max was playing with his food and talking shit, and really was finally getting real nasty out there, you know, talking to, talking to the camera and stuff. Um, and fucking Danielson threw this forearm in response that had like nothing on it, and he fell. And the next time he threw a slap, and he took a bump afterward when MJF responded in like he just looked so spent. The way he sold as a baby face after that kind of like onslaught on the floor, it was just Danielson at his absolute best. I mean, again, nothing new. I'm not breaking any, you know, making any headlines of this. You guys have heard me say a million times, but like you got to appreciate this guy while he's rolling, man. Danielson's still doing it. Still, probably the best he's ever been. I think he said similarly right in the ringer interview this week. With Cam, I think, he's, I, think I saw that quote was out there. Um, it feels like he's better than he's ever been. This match, I think he's actually in a lot of ways, the leading candidate for that, you know, the leading uh, argument for that case, because it felt to me like such a polished take on the 6-minute Iron Man, and Brian's had a lot of long matches previously, and this felt like he's, to me, anyway, this was his finest effort yet. Um, you got to just enjoy having this guy around. I don't know how much longer he's going to be a full-time wrestler, but, like, I'm telling you guys, I'm convinced of it, in about 25 years, the Joey Bing Bong and Oracle Oracle of Wrestling of tomorrow are going to look at this fucking guy and be like, was he a real wrestler? Is this real? This guy is a freak, man. He's so consistent. Never, even like, even when he's not, um, even when he's not at all as fired up as he, you know, he is in certain spots like this, he's still great because he's just so fundamentally brilliant. But yeah, he was exceptional here, obviously. Again, though, I'm going to circle back. Um, MJF. I apologize to Maxwell Jacob Freeman as well as Jack Crosby. Similar kind of um, playing fields in that regard. I apologize to them both. The generational talent thing I've decided is a shoot. Uh, I will most likely skip um, promo segments that do not immediately hook me moving forward in order to maintain my, my now uh, regained objectivity. But this was an all-time great professional wrestling match. I absolutely loved it. I had the chance to watch it. Um, you know, I watched these shows later, obviously, and um, I watched it with Papa Holbert. And, man, we went on a ride with that thing, you know. Really, both of us, by the end of it, thought Brian was going to win. And neither of us thought he was going to tap there at the end, either. When he fired up, 
You've got the people going. Like, that's what it's all about, folks. You know, just taking that ride and, and giving, you know, I said this before the match and I, like, I know how it comes across sometimes, but I didn't mean it negatively. I said my intrigue in the match was what Brian does with this, you know, like on a very nerdy level and how MJF adapts to it. And I know that probably sounds like a really sad way to discuss professional wrestling or think about professional wrestling. It's just how my brain works. Like, you know, it is what it is. But it actually can be really rewarding in cases like this for me personally. It's something that I've tried to get better at in terms of like my going into this, my thought was just, I wonder what they're what they're gonna come up with. And I thought it was amazing how little like set pieces they needed, you know, how many how how few smoke and mirrors they needed. Because really they just tapped into those ingredients I was talking about earlier. You know, it was very simple in outline. Um, but they didn't stick too long in any any kind of direction for me. Like the momentum swings were were fluid enough, but they still felt organic, you know. Um I also want to quickly, I mean, the I think the worst match of the night was the TNT title match, but that finish, the, in the finishing stretch, they did the hand up and down deal, right, on the on the uh, submissions, which I actually thought helped the main event in a weird way because it almost established the the potential outcomes of that, you know, like reestablishing them. Because they don't really do that spot that often. So um, the best way I can kind of, I know I'm missing a lot of stuff in the chat, so I apologize, folks. If you have any questions, uh, I would try and star them. Let me try and scroll up here. I'm just rambling. But um, the best kind of way I could describe the match was, aside from a couple spots that are, you know, modern professional wrestling, it very much felt like the kind of thing that, at least in philosophy and concept, could play at any point during wrestling history and get that response, you know? And, and like, that doesn't really matter. But to a nerd like myself, that's like one of the coolest types of professional wrestling matches. You know, I felt the same way about um, Hangman and Brian's matches. They had a kind of NWA World's title feel to them. This got that same sense to me. And again, I can't stress this enough. These are so hard to do. There is a big difference between working a 60-minute title match where the people at 20 minutes don't know they're going 60 and doing this. The, the time is apparent the whole way through. It's very hard to create drama and doubt because everyone really knows, in truth, that this thing is going to be tied up or at least close to it coming into the final five minutes. You know, everyone really knows. But they did such a good job and they, it was paced so perfectly that it had me engaged throughout, which is, I'm not sure I can even say that any other six minute IMA match has done that for me. So, absolutely incredible. All right, I've talked about a match for about 15 minutes. I apologize. Um, chat, let's get, let's get folks involved in this. Second favorite match on the show. Well, I guess say, I'll say favorite match if you didn't have that one first, which fair. Um, are we all Texas Death match next? I'm intrigued. Chat, what, what was your, uh, what would be alongside that one in your top two? I'm, I'm assuming Texas Death, right? Has to be Texas Death. Um, yeah, I want to quickly, while the people are answering, Nifman says, I greatly appreciate the crowds in these big AEW shows. They rock throughout the entire of these shows. Greatly contributes to everything. The energy, man. The energy is incredible. Yeah, Texas Death's getting a lot of love. I'm seeing it now. It's filling up the chat. Um, we definitely need to talk trios. Trios were spectacular. I'm seeing some love for that. Texas Death. Oh, my God. Listen, I was hesitant about this whole deal. I mean, I knew they would deliver. There's never any doubt about that, right? But it has to be said, 
I did. I, I'm never going to be a guy who's like Moxie bleeds too much because I actually don't give a fuck and it pops me tremendously because I'm a, you know, a sicko, famously so. Um, but, but I did have some concerns about like what can they do to really ramp this up? And what I kind of didn't take into account was that they were going to do like a barbed wire match, <laughs> which was like the bulk of the match. I thought they did a really great job of creating something that was violent and filled with, you know, gore without it feeling overly um, weaponry reliant. Now, again, folks, I'm aware of how dumb that sounds because there's barbed wire scattered throughout the whole fucking match. What I'm saying is they never, you know, I think there's a big difference between this and, like, <laughs> hitting a guy with a trash can lid or whatever. Like, it felt, it's weird, man. It, it, was, it was definitely leaned on the weapons and such. But there was always a certain sense of like a powerful grit to the match, you know, with the kind of trading of strikes throughout and the big lariats back and forth and the forearms and the noises that the strikes were making. My God, they were whacking each other. It never felt to me like a stunt show, I guess is what I'm saying. It never felt like plunder to me, even though in concept, when you actually lay out everything that happened, there was an awful lot of shit like that fit that bill, you know? Um, it was really, really well laid out. Moxley... I think, you know, he's kind of passion for just sheer violence. Always produces produces interesting results because um, sometimes it can feel like he can kind of, you know, do like gruesome imagery for the sake of doing it, which does, again, doesn't bother me. But I thought in this, they actually made most, almost all of it like worthwhile. Um, and just the overall kind of overarching point of this whole thing, it can't be understated, right? What a job. Moxley has done giving Hangman the platform to rebuild himself. Now, he can only do so much. Hangman's performance is the is the key to making it work, you know. Moxley has decided to have this program and they had four matches and he's I mean Hangman's won the feud, right? As of this point, I assume I assume there's no more because that would be um absurd frankly after this. But I mean I'm sure there'll be like a faction war which we'll get into another time, but um you know, Moxley doing that is really cool and it helped Hangman a lot, but Hangman's performance is why he's going to be back in that kind of main event mix again now. Um, look, man, he's he's a great, great pro wrestler. We've talked a lot about the kind of ups and downs of him as a character and how the lore, quote-unquote, is frustrating at times for me personally. Uh, but this feud has actually, I think, been pretty damn great in terms of simplifying who he is. And I say simplifying because I know, I know that sounds like kind of a negative, but it's like, Sometimes, man, I just want him to go out there and beat the fuck out of people, you know? And, and in this feud, he's mostly done that. I don't think they've overplayed the other side of it. He's definitely a contrast to Moxley, but he's always been a willing player in these kind of battles. He has never, like, shied away from it. He's matched Moxley in terms of, you know, the violent shootout. He's he's absolutely made the most of this, uh, of this feud. And I think, you know, he comes over looking golden. I mean, Moxley was kicking the shit out of him there down the stretch, right? Absolutely. I mean, they got some big time false finishes out of the, out of the uh, like the nine and eight counts that Moxley got. I was very convinced Hangman was going to win, but some of those were so strong that I was, oh my god, Moxley's, you know, this is done. They got me a bunch at the end there, and then Hangman rallied, and the finish was was great, tremendous finish, and, and Moxley couldn't do a bit, you know, a bigger job of of kind of reestablishing him again, putting him over strong, making him feel like a top guy, which he is a top guy. I mean, clearly his performance at that level. He just had a really weird 2022 for a range of reasons. But, um, yeah, excellent, excellent match. I need to re-watch it to kind of have a better, because uh, it just feels, I've got to be honest, guys, a lot of the show feels like a long time ago now after watching the main event. You know, the main, <laughs> the main event was the main thing on my mind afterwards because it went an hour and fucking five minutes or whatever. 
But um, some really sweet spots in here. I remember the uh, the back rake. That close-up they got on Mox is one in particular was like disgusting. Hangman got him back pretty good too, but that first close-up was gruesome. Tony Schiavone was great in this match. He felt like he was organically reacting in like disgust at times, just how far it was going. You know, it was so extreme. Um, he had a great call, I thought. So I thought he kind of added to just how ridiculous and kind of absurd it was how far they were going with this. Um, Log Gore genuinely was like a horror at times to watch. I mean, as a positive, you're like, you know, looking away and looking for your fingers and stuff. But yeah, really, really excellent stuff. And Moxley is um, an unbelievable asset for the company in terms of what this is represented for Hangman. Again, Hangman's talent speaks for itself. He's proven it in the matches. But this feud has done a lot for him. My God, it's brought him up a lot. And it's it's kind of going back to where he should be. So um, credit to Moxley for that. Um, all right, we have some business here. Let me circle back. Uh, we had a hype train at some point. I missed that completely because, of course, I did. All right, Hadestar, resubscribe and with us for seven months. Says, I haven't watched Revolution yet because work causes, but sounds like Fleet Flying once again. We'll watch the show tomorrow night. Enjoy it, mate. It's a great, great time. I think you'll have a blast with it. Uh, Chop gave out a community gift sub. Whoever that went to, please thank him. Our hype train got to level two. Um, and then uh, LK... Uh, this is Matt, resubscribe Prime. Uh, been subscribed for nine months. He says, all hail to the king of this shit. Bing bong, breaking down an all-time of a show. <laughs> Had some minor quibbles. Uh, probably not my favorite match ever or anything, but best Iron Man match I've ever seen. Great job by making both, by both making you believe Brian winning. So I'm, well, it's very bad. So I apologize if I fucked that up. I believe I read that correctly. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I agree across the board. In, t- in terms of the, the Iron Man part, definitely one of the best I've seen. Um, thanks for resubscribing, brother. I don't know about the king of this shit business, but that was, there you go. I was trying, there was a spot that really stuck out to me. Demon Grins brought up the, the bloody hair. That was the one. That was, that was something else. Also, the brick usage was insane. Uh, Mox, the visual of Moxley coming out from under the eight, like the ring. That was, that was something else. Um, tremendous, tremendous stuff. Right, let's talk trios now. As I, uh, wait one second, folks, I'm trying to get my damn Twitch to work. Yes, there you go. All right. Um, trio's match, I thought, was was spectacular. I just had a little glance at the the old cage match, and I actually thought the match would be even higher because I thought it was pretty damn special. Uh, I love the open with with Kenny and and Buddy. Well, it was really cool, and I like the way the announcers put it over. Uh, Buddy is, you know, obviously has been a topic of discussion as of late, but he's... Um, He's great in these trios matches, if nothing else, because he can pick his spots and be really explosive when when called upon. It's good to see him in action here, looking good. Uh, fun, and you know him and Kenny sharing the ring was a nice deal. The way the House of Black um, can function in ring is like insane, you know. And, and it's kind of why I get so frustrated with the way they're presented by choice or not. I don't know, but their usage is bizarre when you can see when you see what they can do in the ring and i get this probably an argument of like they're too cool almost in the ring they may get cheered but honestly my response to that would be they should get cheered that this fucking in-ring act i mean you have three guys who are singles wrestlers who all have different strengths you know and it's like buddy's the bumper and you saw that in this match he took a couple he took the uh the nick jackson 
deal where he goes through the route for the face buster. But he's down his head, and I was like, oh, he's in he's in that kind of mood. Good shit. Malachi obviously is a striker and, and has the kind of ground game, and Brody is the horse. And it's like, that is a truly unique dynamic. And it was very evident opposite the elite, who while the elite are probably, not probably, I mean, they have to be the most prolific trio in the history of American wrestling. Right? They have to be, in ring. Um, it was obvious because it was like, when you were looking for the natural pairings, there are, you know, they're, they're just free singles wrestlers, that's black. But they have these moments and these sequences where they combine, and it's like they look unstoppable, like say, unlike anything we've ever seen. So, in theory, this should be the start of their run. You know, they should be trying to get these team wrestling every week on one of the shows. I don't care if it's Dark Elevation, so I don't give a fuck. They should wrestle on one of the four programs each week for these belts. And I don't care how dumb the trio opposite me is, I don't care how mismatch it is. I want to see this act in their wrestling. They're too damn good to be doing Wyatt-esque content in the promo scene. You know, they're just too good. So um, more wrestling. Love seeing them here. The Elite did a remarkable job of emphasizing Brody King as kind of the the, it, the, the kind of key ingredient in the, on the other team. He was the outlier in terms of power and strength and such. Um, Brody King is the real deal, isn't he? Man, that guy is, is he's kind of been, to me anyway, he's kind of a revelation at because I'm a fan. You know, those of you that used to watch our Ring of Honor content, I, would, I was pretty positive on Brody and always liked him. But he definitely was one of those guys that I would, like, while I was looking forward to seeing AEW, I was very much of the mind of, like, let's see how it looks in action. Because some guys who are big guys and big monsters elsewhere, they get into that setting and that stage. And it's hard, man. Like, it's it's not a small pond, you know? Brody King, to me anyway, has really rose to the occasion and feels like a true monster in AEW. And a lot of credit goes to the guys he's worked with who have helped him in that regard. The Elite did an amazing job on that front. But he really is that guy. He doesn't feel like a play wrestler. He doesn't feel like a guy trying to, you know, project intimidation or menace. He is that way. Um, which is a really hard thing to do. And I think at times kind of is a bigger part of the picture than people give it credit for when it comes to being a monster. Like, I like his work. His work's really good. But the actual key is he, he carries himself like I could kill someone out there. And that's, you know, that's what that's professional wrestling, right? That's what it's all about. So, um, yeah. How's the Blake look great? The elite are, you know, in this setting, as I've said, I mean, they can have, they had a genuine like borderline four-star match with Isaiah, Matt, and Ethan, like, I never had any doubts about this match being great. This was the match I was actually most looking forward to from a kind of in-ring potential point of view. It felt fresh, and it was exactly what I wanted it to be. Some gorgeous sequences that I have no chance of recalling off the top of my head. I remember the buddy knee spot when we caught Nick Jackson, right? I remember that one. I remember the awesome kind of role reversal deal they did late where it looked like House of Black Egg Kenny kind of cornered, and they turned it around, and Malachi sold that great. Some of the strikes... Um, the strike selling, I guess, would be this way I put it, from Malachi and Buddy in particular, was spectacular. Uh, Buddy has this particular way of turning a super kick that is like fucking awesome. He slaps his own fire, which is hilarious. A, but B, he does like this spit sell, and is he did it a bunch here because, of course, because he was wrestling. Malachi one upped him though on that front. He did some extraordinary stagger sells, but the best strike sell of the whole match was from Kenny Omega, who took a kick from Malachi, I believe, and did a split sell. <laughs> Please, in the chat, tell me you guys pop for this the way I did. 
He got hit. His legs gave out and went sideways and did a fucking split, basically, to sell a kick. It was incredible. Incredible deal. Um, him and Malachi had some great moments. Also, yes, Paul just brought it up. Julia Hart took a V-trigger, um, which I you could tell she was going to take something with the way they were setting it up. But, but yeah, shout out to Jules. She is now alongside the uh, the world's trios champions. So really, really fun. Exactly what I kind of hoped it would be and, and thought it would be. Not surprised at all, again, at how great this was because, of course, like they're going to have a great match with the fucking uh, the House of Black. But I just – I really, really hope – Really hope they get these guys wrestling, man. I, I, I look. I don't know whose idea it is. I don't know whose decision it is. I don't know who wants them to be presented the way they've been presented. But man, we gotta get this team wrestling. They're too good to not be wrestling. Um, Willie asked, "What's next for the elite?" I assume they're going to go alongside Hangman in some sort of combat club uh, program. With my guess, I think that's you know the lads on Fleet Week are the guys who kind of pointed me in that direction. But I think that could be the kind of you know annual. Anarchy in the arena, blood and guts, wherever it may be. I think that's kind of where we're trending. I mean, the elite, while it would be very different, the elite's take on anarchy in the arena, uh, feel, that feels like they can do some stuff with that. You know, it's, there's a lot of tools to play with there for them. So that's what I think they're going to do. My question, my answer is like purely a fan, is I just would like to see Kenny Omega wrestle with some singles matches. I mean, I don't... It is what it is, ultimately, in terms of, like, I love these matches, so I'm not going to understate that. I'm not going to, like, be dramatic about it. Like, I love watching these trios matches. But, man, Kenny Omega was gone for nearly a year, and he may well be still the best wrestler in the roster. I mean, again, I take Brian, but if you said to me you think Kenny's the best wrestler in the world, I'd be like, I get it, that's fine. I have no problem with that. You know, it makes sense to me. So I think you need to get him in the singles department. Now, the Young Bucks is different because – they wasn't going for that long, right? So, like, they're not... While they could help the tag division a lot, which obviously needs it, they're not, um, you know, like, they're not as, like, oh, I need to see them against insert team. Kenny, it feels like I need to see him just get back in there with these guys, you know? So, um, speaking of such, if they do the combat club deal, I've waited enough. I've waited long enough. I want Brian and Kenny too, please, at some point. That's why that's I'd like to come from that, because... It's easy to forget how great that match was. I would like to see the sequel now with uh, with Kenny feeling the way he seemingly feels and looking the way he looks. Like I need to see that that rematch ASAP. So uh, the elite are obviously incredible. Look great here. I hope whatever they do is, uh, you know, as long as they're wrestling, I'm cool with it. Honestly, we shall see what happens. Um, all right, chat. Next match, throw some matches at me. Let's, let's, let's keep rocking here. We're, we've been on for over 30 minutes. Well, should we talk about, folks? I intend to talk about all the matches at some length. But I want to let you guys steer the ship here. What was your next favorite match that I've yet to discuss? Chris's Bob Matt is back. I heard that. Yeah, women's Final Burial. Ah, oh, yeah. Final Burial may be the... We do women's, but I think Final Burial. Listen... I feared the worst on the old final burial front. You know, that could be that can be real horseshit in the wrong hands. And in fact, even in the right hands, it often is horseshit. It's a it's you know, it's called final burial. Um it's there's there's fucking dirt and shovels and shit. I mean there's a lot going on. But I just I said this deal on Fleet Week and it was my genuine take. I said this Christian Cage is he's very smart, you know. 
he wouldn't be a part of horseshit here because he, you can tell he has a lot of control over the stuff he does. If he's decided this is a thing they can do, there's a thing they can do. I would argue, and I don't know where you guys are on this, I'm seeing a little bit of love for it in the chat. This felt to me like one of the great performances of Christian Cage's career. Now, folks, let me be clear here. I mean that as the highest praise because I fucking love Christian Cage. You've never seen the grin grab that we did about him. I love the man. I adore him. So I'm not saying that as a like, oh, he's not usually. He's great. He's always great. He's Christian Cage. But oh my God, he was incredible here. I mean, this was like a masterclass in being a heel. An absolute textbook, lay down in front. This is how you wrestle as a professional wrestling villain. I mean, they meet in the middle and brawl. And then as soon as Jack got an advantage, he cowers. I mean, immediately he sprints out of the building. He's out of there. He's done. He's leaving. You know, like he, he's he's a complete coward, a complete fucking, uh, <coughs> just a complete piece of shit. No interest in fighting fair, you know? Also, yes, yeah, put in the chat talking about the turtleneck was art. But he has this timing, man. I've, I can't, honestly, I don't know if anyone's better than him in terms of, and I'm going to give him the credit because I've watched enough of his matches that I feel confident in him being the guy who deserves it, frankly. His layout and structure, the understanding of cutoffs is like all-time great. Like the way this the momentum swung in this match was so perfect in position. And like every cut, like there was one in particular I remember on the steps. Again, folks, I, I apologize, my scattering, but there was one on the steps, a cutoff he did that was like so perfect. Just when Jack had him, boom, he came off. And not only were the cutoffs perfect and the momentum shifts perfect and the swings back and forth perfect, but better yet, once he did that, his work in the mini control segments, mini heat segments, whatever you want to call it, was like masterful. Like it wasn't him, you know being like a technician on the mat or whatever. That was not that wasn't the point, right? It's a final barrel match. He was just mean when he had a chance to be. You know, like early on he barely run around the arena and then as soon as he cut Jack off, he started throwing those punches on the ground, those vicious punches. He's shit talking Jack's mother and sister. He's just reveling in being a villain, you know, like just truly thriving in that in that environment. Um the way that he can project and portray like a sinister edge i honestly think he's saying that he's always been good at but i think he's actually got way better at it as he's got older i think he's great here now um christian i mean i'm always happy to sing his praises i think he's just a fabulous wrestler but this run i think has really kind of underscored how brilliant he is as a wrestling mind and again folks maybe i'm completely wrong maybe he just showed up and you know um uh, who's an agent? BJ Whitmer was like, this is what we're doing. And Chris said, cool. Maybe. But I don't know, man. I've watched a lot of Christian Cage matches. This felt like his fingerprints were all over this. The pace was too good, you know? This was too perfectly produced. And then once they got to the actual finishing stretch with the, the fucking, you know, the actual burial part, which is really hard. I mean, again, it's, you know, it's horse inherently this is dumb, right? But they took it seriously and they did some incredible stuff up there. I mean, I mean it with, with as a praise when I say that there was elements of it that were really cinematic, like in a good way. It wasn't like in a sort of overly indulgent way, I didn't even think. It was just, it was perfectly produced. Um, some of the back and forth, the desperation, the usage of the chair, 
Christian being such a just absolute coward at every turn and trying to escape. And man, I need to rewatch this because I thought it was I thought it was excellent. I don't know what I didn't see what rating this got, but this was a uh, pretty incredible considering the the pieces at play here. You know, like this feud got reheated over the last couple of weeks. Um, it is in fact a final burial match. I'm gonna reiterate, not necessarily the <laughs> not necessarily the easiest thing to now, but they they made the absolute most of it. I thought it was terrific. So uh, I love that match. And I thought it was again, not to understate Jack, who I mean I'm a Jungle Boy fan. I've I think everyone who's watching this probably knows that. I'm a fan. I, I think he's really genuinely very valuable. And he always delivers on pay-per-view, which is important to note because I'm giving all the praise to Christian, but Jack always hits on these stages. So he did it again, he looked great. But man, watch this back. Watch just watch the kind of the, the structure and the, and the understanding of like when to give them just a bit of a shine and then cut him off again. Christian is a genius at that front. Um, incredible, incredible wrestler. So that was a blast. I saw some people in the chat about the women's title match triple threat. I was really glad to see how this came off. Um, I didn't think it was on the level of the matches we've talked about thus far, right? But like. I did think it was genuinely good, and perhaps more importantly for the division, all bits aside, all jokes aside, I will say was actually like pretty good here. And maybe I'm being generous, maybe I'm wrong. Again, I watched this offline, so maybe I'm. But I thought she was pretty good here, quite frankly. Um, and that's good for the division because she's clearly going to be featured, and you don't want you know you don't want it to be in the form she was previously in. Um, so I, you know, I thought I thought she looked pretty good here. Jamie Hayter is like a force of nature. She's something else, you know. Um, I, I'm I'm just amazed by the physicality she brings to every single performance. You know, there were certain times where she got like stuck in um, like transition, like because there's so many sequences. There was a couple of times where she would take like a half step and look slightly unsure of of, of what's, what she was doing next. And whenever she did that, she would just simply wax <laughs> She would just fucking hit him with a lariat or a punch. And it always brought, like, because I love Ruby. She's one of my favorites, but she's not, like, a heavy hitter, you know. And Soraya is, she's finding herself still, I think. Is I think she, again, she looked a lot better here, so good for her. But Jamie was, you know, she brought the the uh, the toughness and the roughness to the match, right, the physicality. Like, the way she hits, my God heavyweight shots every time so uh, she was spectacular here as always the ruby turn i have like inherent hesitation with and like an immediate instinctive oh no i'm not sure i actually was done pretty well but i just i think ruby's a great baby face so i kind of think it may be a mistake we'll see it was done well enough done willing to let it play out we'll see what they can come up with i mean i will say that from a promo point of view, Ruby should be able to help, you know, she would have helped either side, but she certainly should help the the uh, the hillside. But I, I do, my instinctual reaction is I'm not a massive fan of the direction because I love what Ruby can be as a babyface for the vision. But it was very well done and it was at least something interesting, right, rather than just doing a match for the sake of a match. So I, uh, I, I'm more than willing to kind of see where they go because the angle was very well done, so. No problem with me. Um, trying to think of anything else on that front that I wanted to. It's very hard because there was a lot of wrestling, so I'm a little. Um, it's all kind of blending together for me. But I did think it was good. Absolutely. Um, all right. What's up next, folks? What are you thinking? What else? What else was the? Uh, what was another highlight on this program? 
I mean, there wasn't really any low lights, really. There was one I think that came a little close, I must admit, but we'll leave that for a moment. What else was popping, you guys? Uh, Goldie says, Starks, Jericho, would deliver me. Me too, man. I just saw as like a six-point something. I've got to be honest with you guys. I thought this match kicked ass. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just uh, licking the boot today, but I thought this was tremendous. I'm ready to go with Ricky, man. I'm, I'm all in. All in. Investment. All in. Going all in. Stock. Buy more. I ain't I ain't getting pushed off on this man. I'm not I don't know, you know, what um I'm looking here at the chat. <laughs> Maybe we'll see. Um I I don't know like what the what the kind of uh hesitation is beyond the conversations we've had. I know Manny pops himself with the Ricky thing, and I get that like he's not a modern worker in that sense. But man, I just don't know how you can watch this and think this guy ain't a player. I, I think he's ready to go. I thought he looked incredible here. He's shine, he's fire up at the start of the match. We jumped all over him. It was spectacular. I don't know if like it actually seemed like Jericho had to like legitimately slow the match. And I don't even mean that as a knock. I mean the guy's in his 50s, for goodness sakes. But you know, he's he had to slow the match down because Ricky was running wild. I mean, he was lighting him up with shots to the body, he was throwing great punches. Great energy, great fire. Just wrestling like a damn baby face. He was terrific here. I think he's the real deal, folks. I, I'm increasingly bullish on this. And, you know, I understand he's somewhat divisive online. But the crowd, he isn't divisive in the audience. I can tell that much. I mean, he's the uh, the people are into Ricky. And the biggest thing that I just, whenever I watch him in this kind of spot, is I just think he gets it. I think he understands it, you know. The way he performed here, I thought was like, really encouraging in terms of his instincts and how much he, every time he had a chance to shine, he shined bright, real bright. So uh, I thought he looked spectacular. I thought Jericho did a hell of a job, but looked took a while, I thought, for him to get going. Just my read on it. I don't know. I could be completely wrong. It looked to me like it took a little bit to get going. Once he did, you know, Jericho, for all of his, you know, kind of uh, up and down television outings, He's in ring, he's generally pretty consistent in terms of results, right? Like, he doesn't always look the freshest in there, but he generally gives you good matches, and he did that again. I thought his match was very good. Um, and the finish, I mean, they had me really going at the end there because I'm, as you guys can tell by what I just said, I'm obviously a Ricky Starks fan, and I was very concerned about this finish, very concerned. So when Floyd got involved, I was, man, let me tell you, <laughs> had legitimate heat with me, I was mad. But uh, thankfully, they did the right thing. Ricky looked awful cool in the finish too. Looked super cool. Got got the job done. Rochambeau, one, two, three, clean in the middle. That's what I'm talking about. Worth noting, I haven't talked about it yet. A lot of you know young guys going over on this show. A lot of that. And I think that's kind of been an increasing trend in recent months, I think. Like quietly, I think he has focused more on like a core of his guys. To mix results because you know it's not going to just in, immediately be a hit just because you're doing that. But um, I think Ricky's got to be one of the main priorities. I don't know what his contractual situation is. Um, there was a lot of talk about that last summer that has died down in recent months for me personally. I don't know what I'm a bit of hearing, but I, last summer there was a lot of talk about Ricky being done. I haven't heard anything on that front for a while. Maybe he's re-signed. Maybe he has. I don't know. Um, all I know is if you can do anything about it, I think you should try really hard to convince this guy that he wants to be an AW because. 
I think he's special. I really, really do. I, and again, it maybe isn't in case of like he's going to have the best like average star rating or whatever. I just I think he understands the gig. I think he knows how to get over. And I think that's the you know that's the real magic ingredient, right? The, the extra, the intangible. So very, very excited to see where Ricky goes next. So people in the chat are asking what's next for him. Um, I see some sort of archer. They could do that. They had their match in the the full gear tournament that could kind of even be called a backup on if necessary. In an ideal world, man, honestly, I'll put him a Christian, to be totally honest. I mean, I it would obviously be you'd have to do it differently. You don't want to have any overlap in terms of like style of feud, which could be an issue. But I'd love to see Ricky work with Christian or nothing else. Um, even if not in like a long heated feud, I just love some other series of matches. Uh, beyond that, I was talking to this, you know, talking about this with the guys in uh, Discord recently about who could Ricky work with next. Roosh is an obvious answer. Um Christian, I mean, Joe is now available, but I think you're going to want to heat him up again because he's probably going to have two big losses here coming up. So we'll see what they do. But I mean, the biggest thing, man, don't be afraid. Just have Ricky out there winning matches and cutting promos. You know, he does not need to be in a feud necessarily to be featured. Have him out there winning. Have him out there talking shit. Have him out there being absolute Ricky Starks. He's going to keep getting over because he knows what he's doing. So liked it a lot. Credit to Jericho for, you know, doing the right thing here. Um, real graps. I liked it a lot. All right. So we've talked. Uh, what, what have we not talked about? Is the Owen happening again? So yeah, Owen should be coming up really shortly here. Actually, doing really good call. It should be. I believe it's supposed to be annual, so it should be coming up in this next pay per view cycle. All right. Should be in theory. Um. So we shall see. Um. Uh, okay. The FTR we need to discuss. Good call. We didn't discuss that. Um. TNT title and tag match. Okay, let's do the TNT thing now, and then we can circle back to the the FTR pop. So I thought the actual work in the the TNT title match was, like, fine, solid. Joe definitely needs, like, a fired-up crowd to go, to go through the gears. I think you could see that here. I've talked about it a lot on shows, right? That's definitely saying that it's pretty evident. I – there's no way to do this without sounding like an asshole. I just don't, I don't know, man. I don't know where I'm at on the old, on the big man. I mean, the best of intentions were had here, you know. Wardlow choked the man out. I mean, Joe had serious, serious intentions to make, to, to help Wardlow out with this whole thing. But I just, I just don't know if this any of this worked for Wardlow. I think in a lot of ways, putting them alongside each other kind of exposed Wardlow's like limitations as of right now. He's a young, he's a fresh guy. I don't know how young he is, but he's not a guy who's been on TV for a long time, so he is what he is. But I do think there's like a noticeable difference in charisma. And I thought this was the one thing on the show that while the work was fine, so I'm not saying the guy had a bad match or anything, I don't say he stunk out because he didn't. I like the match fine enough. But from a like objective point of view in terms of what they were trying to achieve, this was the only match I thought they missed because this was supposed to be a really big moment for Wardlow. They really tried to get the people with that choke tease, you know, when Joe had the choke and they were, uh, you know, when Wardlow was doing the, like big sell and reaching for the ropes and all that good stuff. Uh, they really wanted to get the people and they just weren't, they weren't reacting accordingly. Um, then, when they did the, did the finish itself, it wasn't like a really triumphant moment or anything. And a lot of it just throughout the match, and Joe actually kind of brings it up. And I was, this did puzzle me. 
it was weirdly agent in this match because it was almost like they were somewhat aware that the people liked Joe and they kind of give the crowd like a natural point of which to cheer Joe firing back at Wardlow. He kind of had like a, he had like this delayed control at the start of the match and Joe kind of responded and the people came up, um, came up way too strong. They cheered slightly. And Meech says it. He says, I think the big problem is people want to cheer Samoa Joe. Oh, you know, this was my, this is kind of the challenging thing with Joe and Jim at this point is he's clearly more fun as a heel and he's much more dynamic as a character as a heel, right? But like, I just don't think crowds want to boo him at all. And I think in the end, even though he had the best of intentions, he kind of like, him being opposite Wardlow did not help Wardlow is my, is my conclusion. And I'll keep repeating that point because it sounds like I'm doing like the, you know, war fraud thing or whatever the fuck. Look, man, Joe's, he ain't who he was the rest of that dude's just a fucking block of charisma, you know? It's hard, really hard to stand up against him in that front. And I just thought it was obvious in the audience they felt the same way, you know? Um, it's tough. It's really, really tough. It just didn't get the reaction they were looking for, I think it's fair to say. Um, Wednesday, I thought Hobbs kind of has to win regardless of who won. You know, that's not a new take on my part. I've said that all along. It just seems like the, the correct thing. Um, but, yeah, I thought this was the one thing that while I actually thought the work was fine, I thought this was the one thing that's like they missed, they didn't hit the goal they were looking for, you know? And a lot of that, before we go any further, is worth noting. This was placed off Texas death. So ain't that big of a deal. Weren't like they had a bomb in the start of the show. They had to follow a really tough one. So it is what it is. Um, I didn't love the way it was agented. So, again, this is not all like a case of Warlow didn't bring it. Joe, as I said, definitely needs a, a kind of more enthusiastic response to, to ramp up and go get kind of the adrenaline going, you know. It was nicely, you know, neatly enough work. I just... I, I don't think this uh, this quite got where they wanted it to go, which is unfortunate. It happens, though. Uh, tag title match. As expected, a fun match, right? Fair to say, Jeff Jarrett was spectacular here, as always, with his shenanigans. The deal he did where um, when he hit the stroke, that fucking celebration he did afterwards when he looked to the sky, he won the world's title. That was beautiful. Um, the guns... I don't know how I feel about the way that Austin in particular takes bumps. I kind of admire it on some level because it does feel and look like real graps, but fuck, man. It's insane. I mean, it's it's like both hilarious but also so ridiculous that I feel like someone made to rein them in. It's insane. They bump like 70s heels, you know? It's extraordinary. Um, but it was really fun as I would have expected. A, a good time. I mean, again, not they didn't have any kind of interest in the... Uh, in the, in the kind of outcome because it felt obvious to me. But I did get the sense that once they got in the ring, it would be fun. And it was. You know, Dan Housen got to do some moves. Um, what else was in this deal? Try to think. The acclaimed are very over, breaking news. So, yeah, some some, some good shit here. And then post-match, we got, the, we got the big pop, the real pop, as the FTR returned. Uh, big response to the FTR, as you'd expect. Cash looked, my God, my God, folks. Cash Wheeler looked like he was getting ready for a magazine cover, you know? Outrageous. Oh, yes, hang on a second. Shaking bait to up. Billy Gunn doing the famous there on Satnam. Unbelievable. I mean, fully overshot, arse to the back of the head, and big Satnam went down 
unlike any bump I can recall. I mean, the complete opposite of what the guns were doing here. Extraordinary effort from Satnam. God bless him. Um, yeah, the FTR got a huge reaction. Cash looked super jacked. Uh, they were fired up. They were laying it in on the brawl with so much so that Dax got busted open. Shades of Samoa Joe all out 2022, um, which is, you know, the definition of real graps. We got the shower machine. We got the, uh, the the pole driver gimmick. Great to see the lads back. Obviously, I think guys were saying I wasn't surprised by that. I mean, I think you guys have seen my kind of take on that throughout. I mean, I was always pretty, um, I was always pretty sure that that was where they wanted to be. And I actually think you know it's been pretty obvious for a while that's where they have been. I was like, I, I swayed at times because you don't want to make a fool yourself on the internet. But I think you guys have seen my kind of general take since the guns on the belts. It's like, well. You're not, you're not fooling me. Um, to be clear, I don't think that the shenanigans have ended yet. I think they're going to absolutely do if I can, we'll leave if we don't win. I'm convinced that's the step they're going to do. Because the big thing that he keeps stressing is like April, the end of April. So I think that's where they're going to go. Um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see, how it's, uh, we'll see how it's presented. I know a lot of the, the online stuff with FTR is great at people, but you know, it is what it is, right? I can't really give Dak shit about wine a lot on podcasts because, like, have you seen one of these before? You know? Um, so it doesn't bother me. If it does you, I get it. But I just think they're fucking awesome. Um, so I'm excited to see what, what they do. Hopefully they can get to wrestling here pretty sure. I'd actually like to see them wrestle on Wednesday. Hopefully they wrestle the Jeff Jarrett tandem at some point. That would be a good time. I'm trying to think of who else they could – I, mean, I like to see him wrestle the kingdom, the butcher and the blade. I mean, I can honestly, man, the heel teams fucking suck in AEW, but the rest of the FTR, I can get myself fired up for it. You know what I mean? The uh, the the um, what they call the gates of agony, gates of agony match, the wheel pop for that no one give a shit about other than us, and that kind of proves my point. I could I, I could pretty much see beyond that. Um, Bob, they wrestled butcher and the blade before in 2020. Come on, bro. Watch the product. Um, Roosh and Perro Pellegro. Worth it for Roosh, yes. Dax and Roosh could be a ride. Dustin and Keith Lee. Yeah, man, it's some good shit. Um, either way, I'm just happy to have about. I got I turned into a sicker at some point there, folks. I was I was texting Matt in all caps. I said, I need him back, man. I need him back. And I was I was struggling. I took it for granted. That last month we had him. They were resting a lot. You know, we had that match with the acclaimed, a killer match with the acclaimed. They had the match at the Tokyo Dome that was a fucking hoot, like a nine-minute four-star match. Tremendous. And then they were gone. They were taken from us. I've been fucking, I've been desperate. Hey? I've been starving. So they're back. Uh, Cash and Dax looking super jacked. Busted open in their first segment back. All for it. So I'm ready to go. Very much ready to go. Speaking of such, I do have some promotion about to wind down. I'm on WrestleFierce Worldwide here shortly. Um... Hold on a second. Let me let me actually. I've just seen a message here from a certain bald gentleman who I have apologized to on this program. I believe we may have a guest here momentarily, folks. Uh, the big man may be back. Um, before we do this, the FTR's return is a big deal for me for many reasons, but one of them is we can finally post our video to Wrestle Purist about FTR's 2022, which was saying that I uh i'm really 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 proud of folks very very much so um been waiting a long time to get this out there now it's been legitimate weeks but 
I'm really excited for you to be able to see it. It's very, very cool deal. One of the cooler things that I've been uh, that I've been involved in, I must say. Not gonna keep you for a long time either. It ain't like a super long thing, so you don't have to, you know, bring a picnic or anything. But it's uh it's pretty, pretty special. Right. I've DM'd uh, I've DM'd the fame Jack Crosby. So yeah, that should be out tomorrow. I'm gonna try and watch the start of matches, Joe. I, I do intend to tomorrow. Either tomorrow or Wednesday. Tanashi and Okada versus FTR is crazy. Matt is booing the pending arrival of the big man. Here he is. Let me take this overlay off. So I don't want to disrespect Jack with this overlay. Here he is. What's going on? How are you, pal? Got like 20 minutes before I got to go pick the baby up from my mother. I, so. I got to go then anyway. So we've got, we got 20 together, mate. Um, hang out with you for 20. Pretty good show last night, huh? Maxwell Jacob Friedman. He's special, Jack. It, mm, mm. Yeah. I am. Um, In all seriousness. Oh, hold on. Oh, that's what I said. Hold on. Okay. This. Hmm. It's coming back. Hold on. Okay. My fancy setup here got unplugged. Now we're good. Okay. Go. Uh, look, I, I, get, I get why people hate the kid. I do. I do. I understand mm-hmm. it. I don't mm-hmm. give a shit. But you don't have to be me. You don't. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you have to be me. I don't give a shit right. what, what the kid's like. He's good on the microphone. Can he go too long sometimes? Sure. Sure, you could say that about a lot of people. Sure, sure you can. But when he gets the point across, are you intrigued? Yeah, you are. Look what happened last night. And I swear to fuck, I swear, I swear, I'm a Catholic person. I'm Catholic. I swear to Jesus. I swear on that cross I have over there, if I see one goddamn person say Maxwell Jacob Freeman cannot wrestle, I'm going to lose my shit. I put up with it, and I've put up with it for a few years here. Oh, I can't wrestle because that's the easy narrative. A guy can't do both these days. He can either be really good on the microphone, or he has to be a fucking mute, but, oh, he can wrestle his ass off, but can't fucking speak. The concept of some of these people that someone could be the total package in the, in the year of our Lord 2023 is so outrageous to them. And not everyone. That's why people hate Max. Some people. Mm-hmm. Not everyone. Some people hate Max because he is the fucking total package. There's really nothing you can say to say this kid is a complete waste of time. Because he's not. It's pretty good. Um, I started the show by apologizing to you, Jack. You'd be proud to know. You know, I apologize. I leave the show. I said, I conceded. I conceded. Generational talent, brother. I'm he's in. just... He... And the, you know what the you know, you already think it is why it gets me so excited? <laughs> I get so excited because I can't figure it out. I know that's I know that sounds crazy. I know it sounds crazy. I can't figure out how the kid is this fucking good at this. Yeah, he's pretty. He's pretty I don't special. understand it. But <laughs> rants aside, hmm. he got in there with Brian Danielson last night. As everyone spent what over a month now? Yeah, because it was over a month where the. the the idea of the Iron Man match was brought up. So over he spent over a month listening to people say, this is where he gets exposed. This is where it happens. Oh, this is a bad idea. And Max went out there last night and did that. It was great. I'm with you. I'm with you. No arguments for me. It was great. Um, Bob O'Neill, on the other hand, said, Jack is very aggressive. Do you have any response to uh, 
to Bob in the chat. Bob, I don't know what I'm more aggressive about. This or the Goldberg stuff I was texting with you about an hour ago. I was telling Bob, I, I finally saw the other day that um, I, I know I was late to the party, but I've been really busy lately. But I saw that that quote from Goldberg about how WWE owes him a retirement match. I told Bob, I said, does that dumb motherfucker know that in the traditional sense of professional wrestling, <laughs> in the traditional sense, a retirement match means you have to lose. You can't yeah. go in there, mow through someone and have a party with your kid in the ring. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to go in there and lose to someone. I don't think he understands that. Bob is now conceding that he's uncomfortable. You're, you're very fired up tonight, Jack. Very, very fired up. Well, I'm I, I am a huge MJF fan. I'm and last night was like fucking. I was vindicated last night. I was pacing around the bedroom while my wife was sleeping, babies, and I'm just pacing. I'm pacing the upstairs, going, "Yeah, it's my time." I thought you were going to do this as well. I thought you were going to talk about Goldberg burying Rihanna. Super oh, I forgot. I forgot about that. Even. No. Um, did you not see the first half of the show? I was saying because Matt is lashing out and the shoot is lashing out in the chat. Did you not see it? No, I didn't because my fucking cable, the cable wasn't working right. I was on the phone with them for 40 some minutes. Oh my then, God. Then I ate something, then I had to get back on the phone with them. I didn't get the show until Mox and Hangman had just started. God damn, man. Are you going to refund or some shit? Yeah. Yeah. They're, oh, they're, they're going to credit 50 bucks to the account. My God. How much did it cost? Is, is that the whole price? How much does it cost? 50. Yeah, 49.99. I bet you don't give a fuck about missing Funny. stuff. My my wife and I on my wife and I on Saturday had a serious come to Jesus conversation with each other mm-hmm. because I laid out for her everything that's about to happen in combat sports. Like because yeah. we we were talking about uh, <laughs> getting revolution because she ordered it on Thursday, and I said, "Listen, we have some decisions to make coming up." And I laid out to her John Jones that because it's Saturday afternoon. I said John Jones eighty dollars, Ryan and Tank. Ryan Garcia and Tank is going to be a hundred. It's going to be a hundred dollars. Oh, so we have that April twenty fourth. There is another UFC pay per view at the end of this month, like in three weeks. There's another one. So there's another eighty dollars. So I just did. If you count Revolution, 50, 80, 80, 100. for four things within the next month and a half. Mm-hmm. Then the UFC pay per view in April. So there's another eighty. Canelo. On May 5th, there's oh another 100. 100 is crazy, man. That's ridiculous. Yeah, no, we, we sat down, not even joking. Like, we had it because we do like watching that. My wife likes watching the UFC with me, a lot of events. Mm-hmm. She loves Canelo. My wife's a big Canelo fan. She loves Canelo. We don't miss Canelo since we've been well, together, which is like seven years now. She doesn't miss Canelo fights with me. I mean, he's the man. That's fair. I respect yeah, She loves Canelo. Yeah. But, but no, it, it's gotten to a point. It's bad, y'all. Like, they're at 80, 100. Like, $50 for professional wrestling is like the least of my worries. Like I did notice, Jack, you did not mention Honor Club's uh, Supercard of Honor, which we do not yet know where that's airing. Was Is that why it wasn't mentioned? You don't know where it's actually going to air? Or are you not simply buying that show? I'm intrigued. Wait, but didn't didn't you and Shoot just... Didn't we just have a conversation in the group chat like a couple weeks ago that we it's going to be on Honor Club? So basically, Matt concluded... Based on the gra- fairly concluded, I, based on the graphic, that's where it is. No, I, they've I, not I, announced. <laughs> well, listen, no, here, well, all right, here, all right, here's the deal. I will do, I'll do Supercard. Right. And because it, I, my normal cutoff for ROH shows is $25. Mm-hmm. 
if Supercard of Honor WrestleMania weekend is 30, the 29.99, I'll take that as the cutoff. But if Tony goes over $30, not happening. Well, I go, folks. I am going to go to the dark webs of the, the I'm going to go to the dark pages <laughs> of the internet and find I'm not saying I won't watch it. I won't pay for it. Fair. That's fair. I respect that. The, the Bob approach, as we call it in the community, right? That, pay, that piece of shit hasn't paid for a wrestling pay of you since fucking 2004. <laughs> since, since fucking Eddie and Brock. <laughs> he, paid, he paid for shit. <laughs> tremendous, tremendous stuff. Who do we think MJF's working with next, Jack? We'll kind of, we'll talk that through here before we who do we think he's going to wrestle? Is oh, it Hangman, or what do, we, what do you think he's going to do? I haven't really. I wouldn't do Hangman now because I'll tell you what. I, and the, another thing I was thinking about last night, and I don't know if there's people in the chat that remember the conversation we had a couple weeks ago. You brought up Hangman as maybe the guy to dethrone MJF, a second mm-hmm. reign. I yeah. I'm buying into that more and more since we talked about it. I really yeah. am. If you just build rebuild Hangman, which obviously that was Mox's that was Mox's goal with this feud for sure. He likes he likes Hangman a lot, but Hangman got really really fucked over by that punk stuff, and he got oh, taken down sure. a few pegs. So John took it upon himself in this new wrestler slash coach role under this new contract to say, "Okay, I'll just do it myself. I'll build you back up myself." Mm-hmm. And John did a fantastic job. Yeah. So now mm-hmm. Hangman looks like so. But as far as working with next, I would hold off on Hangman. You can't do you can't do it too soon to go back to Ricky. I think I like this. I like Jungle Boy. I think for the TV feud. I think a good yeah. I think you do Jungle Boy again. Do that on TV, right? It could be like your your April TV match. You know. I like that. Yeah, you can do that. I like that. Have Jungle Boy in there. I saw Darby. I still feel like I. It's a good idea to have Hangman beat him, but I yeah. still think it's going to be Darby Allen. I'm for that. Yes. Yeah, like if I you had to man. pick me, who is the man who at the end of this year or early beginning who beats? I'm gonna. I'm still gonna say Darby. So like, not even doing a bit now. Genuinely. Yeah. CM Punk's the match of double or nothing, right? Yes. Yeah, oh, thousand percent. <laughs> MJF versus CM Punk double or nothing is the match, yeah. and Punk. Don't forget, Punk loves Max. Fucking yeah, loves that, that kid. That feels like the obvious. He, like yeah. that's like his son. Like that's his son. He loves mm-hmm. Maxwell Jacob Friedman. So Punk will do the right thing for him at double or nothing. Yeah, and it's a year after he won the belt last time, and or not last time, but the first time, you know, so on and so forth. Last, obviously, when Punk got hurt and more. But when Mike, was, when, yeah. when does Punk make this grand return though? Because there's no pay per view in between. When does Punk make this? Um, hmm. You need to make it. A, that's actually a really interesting. Like, what do you? Yeah, I. How do you do that? You know, like, do you? You don't want to just do it as a cold surprise, do you? Well, I've thought about that because I was thinking about that last night when you saw the the stuff going around, like, oh, Punk might show up tonight. Because I'm thinking, what if, like, I wouldn't put it past AEW or Tony Khan to go the opposite direction of what they did with his debut. Like, his debut, they all but confirmed it without confirming. What if this time you kept it a complete secret? Don't tell anyone. The only people who know he's coming Mm -hmm. back that night is Tony Khan. Stick him in a bus. People don't know what the hell's going on. (laughs) Five minutes before Punk just walks back and goes, Hey, everybody, back to work. I, I'll, I'm back. I'll, I got to go be here. the best thing to do, to be honest. Yeah. I have to go out here for, yeah, go out there, do your thing, then come back and do, do what you got to go. Get in the room with the elite, beat the shit out of each other, mm-hmm. figure it out. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. Yeah. How do you bring them back? I think I, I would probably go with a middle ground. 
where it's like you can't do the first dance again, obviously. No. But I would probably do some hinting. Not too much where it's obvious, but enough that it's like, I think tonight's the night, you know, that kind of vibe. Uh-huh. Um I'll admit, like there was a I last night as the show went on and on and on, I was giving it like a 30% chance we were gonna see him tomorrow or last yes. night. And that was a lot for me, but I was like, I he might, he might. Um UBS Arena is the Long Island Arena, right? Yeah. That could be an atmosphere. Okay, good it? catch. Good catch. That could be good. Yeah. There's young dukes in the chat chats, and that could be good. You know why that's good too? Because there is, you know, the elite have been so well received on their return. Yeah. That it, it I don't, I don't want to say it leads you to believe that's the wrong phrasing, but you could see a scenario where maybe the hardcore AEW fans right now do not like CM Punk. So if you, try to, yeah. if you try to bring him out in an atmosphere where you're expecting him to get this raucous ovation, ovation, it's just a fucking chorus of we don't fucking want this. See, guy. this is the thing. Is we like, don't want him I, back. I agree with everything you just said in theory, but it's like he, they're absolutely going to pop, bro. Oh, the initial, no, the initial pop would be there. Yeah. What if it was like? Do you remember 2008 John Cena, the surprise return at the Royal Rumble? It's one mm-hmm. of my favorites because you had a hardcore fan base there at Madison Square Garden of all places. Right. John would like that was the that was one of the best kept secrets that WWE that was one of the best secrets that WWE has ever just kept under the vest. No one expected John to be in that rumble match that night. And my favorite thing when I when that video pops up in the on this day and shit like mm-hmm. that is like the fucking Madison Square Garden goes nuts. Then you see the moment where they remember it's John Cena. Maybe. <laughs> 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 like they're like, oh shit, it's Cena. Oh, well, it's Cena sucks. I also think like a lot of the AEW audience is like a low key punk fan, you know. It, it might. I just, I just. It's interesting, man. I, I honestly don't know the answer. Like, but, but my point, my point is, if you do it in Long Island, where Max is going to be the hero, because yeah. one of my that we talked about it before. It's one of my favorite things about Max how he's doing this thing where. When they go to Long Island, he's a fucking baby face. Mm-hmm. Loves yeah. the people. The people are great. I love all of you. Anywhere else in the country, he's a scumbag. Mm-hmm. But he goes to Long Island. He plays the baby face. I love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading because the other thing too is is I don't think Punk will necessarily be working with the elite. Do you? I don't think that's necessarily what's going to happen. I'm not sure that's what all parties are going to want to do. I think they're going to just kind of live in different yeah that's parts of the show. Because um, again, what helps in this situation is they're. Like Punk dealing with WWE management and the fallout there, that was a completely different animal. Mm-hmm. Kenny, the Bucks, Hangman, uh, and, and Punk, they're a group of guys who have been, you know, also through all these independent promotions and stuff, and, and they just know business is business. And I think they all realize that this is still an upstart company, that they're all trying to help, and they all have their different visions. I think they could get in a room and say, listen, we can all just like what happened, happened. Mm-hmm. Let's put it past us. You go work there. I'll go work here. Plus, don't forget. And I still I still think Kenny's going to WWE. Yeah. So even if you have a feeling you tell Punk, you're like, listen, Kenny ain't going to be here much longer. We're pretty sure. Something's up with that. It's an interesting story to follow. Like since we discussed it in detail. It has ramped up a lot, right? Like it's become a thing. I don't, my genuine take has always been like, I'll believe when I see it, you know? Like I just think it's a big leap to take. Um, It just, it, it, 
for All Kenny, right. I like like I said, I think he should. I think he should. Right. Like just from my perspective, I really think Kenny should. But he has to be guaranteed that Vince McMahon ain't good. Like, he has to be guaranteed there's not going to be a private sale, and Vince is going to come back because. Yeah, that's the. I mean, that's like the he, actual biggest yeah. thing. Yeah. He has to sit down with Hunter and go, "Listen, man, you got to level with me. Are you the guy here? Because that's, I trust you." To be honest with you, that's the biggest X factor in all of the conversations that we've been having as of late. Right? That changes everything. Because I mean, don't like. <laughs> make no mistake. If if Hunter runs that company, they sign Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega is going to be WWE champion within a year. Mm-hmm. Same as AJ. Kenny. It, people might not want it. Might not want to believe that, or I know it's hard to comprehend. Kenny will be WWE champ within a He'd year. He'll be fine. He's yeah, in he'll that fine. company. Yeah, he'll Absolutely. be on the top. Absolutely, it he'll is, be fine. It's so it's it is it's so hard to fathom though, dude. Mm-hmm. It's really it's an interesting time. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of moving pieces. I mean, there's a lot of the talk out there right now that when that kind of stuff ramps up, is out there for a reason. So <laughs> do, we'll it, see. do you want me to pop you before we go in a few minutes? Mm-hmm. Yes, go for it, mate. And I'm swear I'm at it. Who won Ricky Starks and Chris Jericho? I have no idea. Ricky. I couldn't see it. I didn't get to check. I was too busy today. Who won? Who won? Ricky won with his finish, brother. Clean in the middle. Did he really? Jericho tried to use the bat, and he fucking blocked it, and hit his finish. It you happened, brother. Think, you know what I think that was? I think Jericho saw. I think Jericho got a little fed up with all the comments about how he's going to screw him over. Mm-hmm. So I think Chris out of spite okay. went, Wait, you know what? Fucking beat me clean. Fuck these. No, people. I think what happened was I think Matt said this last week. Like, so I think the original story was going to be that Jericho wins match one, and then Ricky beats him at the pay per view. And I think there has been so much talk about Jericho that Jericho just put him over twice because like he couldn't, he didn't want to deal with it. <laughs> he just said, "Fuck it, you beat me twice." Like, like we we know Chris is in tune to what people are saying. We know he pays attention. Oh yeah, he's super online. Yeah, and when he sees his reputation getting thrown in the mud like that. He's smart enough to go, all right, then fuck you guys. You'll see how unselfish I, I am. Genuinely, I, I'm fascinated by what he does next. I don't really know what they do with the JAS. I don't think there's anything left for them no, to I do as an he, act. I'll be know. honest with you. They, it, it, it ran its course, at least for me, a while ago. Yeah, me too. Like, personally. And if, if other people are into it, not going to fight. Like, I get it. Like, they, they have had some entertaining segments. For sure, yeah. I'm not going to lie about that. It's just not for it, – it, it wasn't for me mm-hmm. for a while now. And it's yeah. probably time to. I agree. Yeah, I agree completely. Just it's, it's interesting. I, it, I don't know what. It, like, you just have to make sure you give us our what, what's it every about every two months. Jake Hager has a match. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty. Just give me my every two months. Jake Hager. You know, eight to ten minute slugfest, and and I'm good. Mm-hmm. Just make sure our man Hager is earning his paycheck. Someone in the chat just said, uh, Jay Rook said, JS, turn on Jericho. And I, I do think Jericho's actual role at this point is like babyface legend who just works a few big matches. But I think he wants to be on the show every week. So, yeah, yeah that's, the, that's the actual hurdle to get over, right? Like, how do you fit him into the, and I the get, weekly show? I guess I can understand where it's tough for Tony to have a conversation with Chris about that. And sure. like, possibly pissing Chris off because as much as people don't want to admit it, Chris Jericho has done a lot of good for that company. My, absolutely, yeah, a lot of 100%. good that he didn't have to do. Mm-hmm. So, like, if Tony sits down and says, "Hey, Chris, I I think it's time we kind of cut back a little right. bit," and if Jericho gets pissed off, I mean, last year when they had all those injuries, Jericho was huge getting them through that time on TV. Like, he filled a lot of TV and, time for them, man. Look, he did. Credit to the guy. He's what fifty one. 
Yeah, he's getting up there. That motherfucker can go. Yeah, he still has really he, good matches. He can mm-hmm. go in the ring. That Bandito yeah. match was like, what are you doing, Christopher? Are you serious? Yeah. And the Ishii match. The Ishii match yeah. was nuts, man. It's crazy. You know, last night's match was good too. It was, it was I liked it a lot, the Ricky match. So, yeah, so anyway, I, I missed that. I missed the coffin match mm-hmm. or Barry, whatever that was. I missed the women's match. Mm-hmm. Ah, Ruby turned, huh? Yes, you missed the trios, right? If I did, trio, yeah. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's wrap, Jack. Yeah. I know the answer, but do you have anything to promote? I subscribe to Paramount Plus. <laughs> I love it. that's every time you need to answer that way, bro. It's too funny not to. <laughs> Come, coming on and yelling wrestling takes. I need to do an official plug. Is fucking awesome. We don't even have wrestling out there. I'm trying. Yeah, maybe NWI out here is interested, Jack. You should reach out. Oh, man, no. you could be on commentary. You could be the host. I don't know. I just want the best for you, Jack. I feel like it's a good spot for you. But nonetheless, I'm happy where I am now. Good for you, brother. Good I'm for you. I'm pretty happy. I'm glad you joined me here at the end of this little uh, this little rant about professional wrestling. All right, folks, are we on uh, WrestlePurious in 15 minutes? I hope to see you there. Myself, Manny, Ibu, and Monty talking revolution. I'm sure much, much more. So we'll see you over there. Uh, go follow Jack and subscribe to, <laughs> to Paramount Plus. <laughs> we'll be back to having historical oracles on tomorrow. So we'll see you then here on LNG. Speak soon, folks. Keep grinning. Enjoy this outro. Good night. Thank you.